Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of Kids Views. I'm here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hi. Hello. And Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. Hello. Back from your exciting trip to the West Coast where you... Yes. ...gave it to the tech companies. (laughs) (laughs) My tour of the tech companies. I was the only tech journalist in the San Francisco area on... uh, Tuesday that was not at the Apple event like it was great because everybody was at the Apple event in Cupertino and I was strolling around Menlo Park and Palo Alto (laughs) you're like I don't care I'll read about that later (laughs) yeah it was fun (laughs) that's awesome Uh, today on the show we are featuring an interview that Andrea did at Facebook Uh, she met with them in person you can actually meet with someone in person at Facebook did you know that (laughs) Um, she went and had a discussion with them about privacy settings, about when you're hacked on Facebook, which I think is becoming more and more common that people are setting up these weird dupe accounts and then trying to friend your friends. I think, I I think they're all Russian bots, like getting ready for the next presidential election. Um, and she talked a host of other things with Facebook. So hopefully she answered questions that you might have that you think there's no way to get answered. And I don't know, Andrew did her technology reporter thing. She's good at it. <laughs> so we'll be right back with Andrea's interview with Facebook. Hey, everyone, it's Andrea. As I think you know, I'm spending a few days visiting tech companies in San Francisco, and I got a real treat. I got a tour of Facebook headquarters in Menlo Park, which really is like a little city unto itself. It was lots of fun. It's been lots of fun. Um, I have with me Facebook's Karen Nin, who is a wealth of information about so many of the topics we talk about on the podcast a lot. Karen, I thank you so much for joining me. Tell us what you do. Welcome to Facebook, Andrea. I head out our global safety policy efforts at Facebook. And what does that encompass? Andrea, my team is responsible for making sure that we are working across different teams at Facebook to do everything we can make Facebook safe. So this includes focusing on child safety efforts, making sure that when young people are using their, our platforms and our services, that they are safe, they have, they're doing well, and also women's safety, safety of anybody who uses our platform, really. Okay, that's perfect, because that's what we talk about all the time. Um, keeping kids safe, teaching them uh, digital etiquette. Talk to me a little bit about what Facebook is doing to keep kids safe on Facebook. Keeping children safe is one of our foremost responsibilities at Facebook, and we do a whole bunch of things for this. It starts with when people sign up to our platform, we ask them what their age is, because we want to make sure that Facebook is a place that is accessed by people who are over the age of 13. And if you tell us that you are below the age of 16 and you're a minor, we have some special protections for you. So when you make a friend, we remind you, is this someone you know in real life? We also keep some of your information less publicly visible. So, for instance, the information you put in about your school, the city that you live in, your date of birth, that's not available to the wider public. And we have a bunch of resources that are also aimed at younger people. So, for instance, we have something called a youth portal, which lives on our safety center. 
and is accessible at facebook.com slash safety. The youth portal has a bunch of resources which have been developed in consultation with young people because we know sometimes it's easier to consume information if it's being told to you by your peers. So this includes uh, articles by some incredible teens who are using the internet in some amazing ways to impact change and how they're doing that. But also these teens share safety tips with each other. I have never heard of that. That's fascinating. And and you're kind of calling out the whole, you know, if mom and dad tells you something, forget it. You're never going to do it. But by bringing in, um, you know, one of your peers, it, sometimes it's a different perspective. Absolutely. That's what we hear, that teens... Lo- are more receptive to messages from their peers. So we actually have a bunch of programs we also run around the world for this. In the UK, for instance, we partner with two nonprofits. One of them is called the Diana Award and the other one's called ChildNet, where young people go into schools, they are appointed as safety ambassadors or anti-bullying ambassadors, and they work within the school community. They're kind of like uh, you know people who you would go up to and you would ask questions, which you'd otherwise be reluctant to ask a teacher or a parent or another adult. So we see that there are some very creative things being done around the world using the power of peer-to-peer learning in this space. Has that helped with online bullying at all? Have you gotten any feedback on that? There are a bunch of creative things that are being done, not just, you know, on the programs, but also on uh, our platform. I don't know if you saw the new announcements that we made on Instagram most recently. Instagram's looking at bullying and thinking through what tools and technology we could be building that are more teen appropriate. Uh, One of my favorites is this new feature that when someone starts typing something, a comment which may be bullying or harassing, uh, using the power of machine learning, we are able to prompt the other person to reconsider what they're writing. And we found that when we give teens language, when we give teens tools, they do tend to rethink and rephrase because they also don't want to harm the other person. So when you say uh, you're actually prompting the person to perhaps rethink what it is that they're writing on Instagram? That is correct. It's a whole new feature that we've just launched. Okay. And I know um, a feature you launched, well, a, a while ago, but, but you know, it's still new to many people, uh, is Messenger Kids. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Messenger Kids uh, was launched by us in December 2017. It was an app that was really developed in response to parents' needs, in response to the needs of families. We had a whole series of conversations with parents around the country in partnership with the National PTA and with Blue Star Families to hear from families on how they're using technology and what we could be building to better foster the parent-child relationship. And all the feedback we heard led us to develop Messenger Kids. The way Messenger Kids works is it really puts parents in charge. It gives parents the control. Parents get to decide who their child is interacting with on Messenger Kids. It also gives a lot of great creative moments for parents and children to talk to each other about staying safe online. So there's a contract that parents and children agree to when they come onto the app. It also has things like sleep mode because we wanted to give tools to parents, again, based on their feedback, on how they can help children manage their time better. So parents can designate a sleep time and then the child knows that my app is going to go to sleep in 15 minutes and they start like, you know, getting ready to close a conversation. So it teaches them time management skills. It also is really fun and creative. So it has these masks which you can use. You can do creative things with your friend or with your grandparent. So it's a very fun experience, but at the same time, it's a very safe experience. That's interesting. So you're basically, you know, really teaching how to use 
these tools that you offer, and sometimes it's parents who are also not very good at properly using the tools, isn't it? So we also launched a parents portal, Andrea, because we heard from parents that parenting in a digital way is really hard. Even if they are digital natives, it's so hard to really guide your child on uh, something which can be quite intimidating. Parents think that kids know more than them about technology. So we launched a parents portal on the Facebook Safety Center, um, working with experts again, gathering their feedback and putting some basic tips out there. Things like when's the right time to start having these conversations? Or uh, if my child is somebody who likes negotiations, what should my strategy be versus if my child is someone who likes following rules? How can I even like start this conversation? Okay, that's great. That's a good thing to know about. One of the things that we talk about a lot is parents on Facebook oversharing, sharenting, right? <laughs> that they're constantly posting pictures of their kids that their kids are going to regret later on, or some have even said, can you take these pictures down? Um, you know, any any advice for people or any anything that, that parents should know about uh, oversharenting? A couple of things. One, on Facebook, every time you make a post, you actually get to choose who you want to share that with. Do you want to share it with just a small group of people that you know? So, for instance, your parents, because you want to show them what their grandkids are up to. Or do you want to share it with all your friends and family or the whole wide world? You want to shout from the rooftop that your child has done something incredible. You're allowed to shout and be proud. But we also have other spaces on Facebook you can go to. So we have Facebook Messenger. I personally love Messenger to communicate regularly with my friends and my family. Uh, my parents are in India, my sister's in Hong Kong, and we have a family Messenger group that we use 24-7 to stay connected. We share photographs of what's going on in our day, in our lives, and when you know the other person wakes up on their own time zone, they see it, they start sharing as well. It's a really great place for us to stay connected. So I think you have to find your space on Facebook. Do you want to share it on your Facebook wall with just a few friends and family? Do you want to go into a messenger thread and just share it one on one with the people who matter most to you? You really get to choose. That's so interesting. You know, a lot of people um, tell us that they get concerned that perhaps their pictures are being used by other people on Facebook. And I think that privacy settings are something that people don't take enough time to think about, right? So basically, you're saying if you post a photo and you set it to friends or just your family group, those are the only people with access uh, or who will be able to see that photo. And perhaps what's happening is people are sharing more widely uh, in an effort to reach a bigger audience, but at the same time, that opens them to, um, you know, digital photo theft and other things. You bring up a really good point, Andrea. One of the things I always tell parent groups when I speak to them and I meet with them is technology sounds intimidating sometimes, but the people who you think know more about it than you are your kids. So every time you know you they're using a new technology or you're using a new technology, this is a good teaching moment. Sit down with your child, try and figure out what are the privacy settings, what are the safety settings, what are the security settings, does the app allow you to report content. This is a good moment for parents and children to sit together and discover something new and discover what are the safety features that the new technology has, which they should know of. 
Okay. Now you've brought up like three questions I need to ask you. So let's start with the last one. Reporting content, really important. You know, um, people get hacked, they get an imposter account. Um, you see things, some people have actually written and complained that they get unwanted pictures sent to them, um, offensive pictures. How do you report content on Facebook? We have a set of community standards that very clearly defines what we will and will not allow on Facebook. So if someone receives something which they think or they see something which they think shouldn't be on Facebook, they can report it to us very easily. Right next to that piece of content, they'll see either three dots or a chevron. They can click on that. They can let us know that, you know, there's something that they're seeing which should not be on our platform. We'll ask them a series of questions as to why they think it shouldn't be on Facebook. And those questions really help us try and figure out which team at Facebook, which experts should that piece of content be sent to. So if they see something which they think, you know, it's not doesn't really look like it's a real person behind that account. It looks like it could be a fake account. If they choose the option of fake account, the team that manages this type of content would receive that report and would be able to review it and take the best action. Okay, good. Let's go back to groups for a second. You were talking about creating your own groups. There's an uptick, certainly, in people. There's mom groups, there's neighborhood groups, there's for sale groups. There's all kinds of groups now that people are taking advantage of. What has Facebook seen um, in the use of groups and creating community, and are there new tools and resources coming for people? We're seeing people doing incredible things in groups, Andrea. This is, it's been so heartwarming to see how people come to groups to find things that are of interest for them, to find support, to find uh, resilience if they're going through something difficult in life. And we've been focusing a lot on building out new features to empower admins. So admins can designate someone because we know it can be get really burdensome as groups grow to moderate the conversations in the group. So you can actually designate other people who can help you out. We also, for instance, give moderators an option to mute a comment thread if they think that that discussion has you know, gone on too long, people need to go on to a new conversation, they can mute the messenger thread. They also can see insights as to who these group members are, which countries they come from, who are the ones that are most talkative in the group, what are things that are really resonating in the group. Tools to make the group more interesting and resonate more for the people who are in the group. Okay. Um, Because it's incredible. I mean, even some parents who say that their kids don't use Facebook a lot, you know, maybe they're older teenagers, they still use them for school purposes, for school sports or different things, because those groups all communicate through Facebook. And the parents are there too. Absolutely. There is a great group out there that I've heard of called Grown and Flown for parents who are suffering from the empty nest syndrome. So parents come and connect and talk about how they're dealing with an empty nest and support each other through that moment. Groups are just absolutely a great place to get support. Uh, My parents, for instance, my father has an illness and my mother uses a group to connect with people all over the world who have somebody in their families who are struggling with the same illness. So they support each other through uh, the bad days and they encourage each other and they also share what's working. So yes, groups are a great place to get support and get some uh, friends. That's great. And a sense of community. Um, We talked briefly about um, pictures and and, um, privacy settings. And um, can you go over that whole messenger mailbox, the the main and the other, because some people actually wind up getting things they don't want. Um, you know, how do a lot of people don't really know that there's another mailbox? 
So your primary mailbox or your primary messenger folder is where you should be getting messages from your friends, family, people who you've really connected with um, either on Facebook or on Messenger. The secondary inbox is where all those messages will go with from people who you're not currently connected with but who are trying to reach out to you. Uh, we received a lot of feedback from people that they did not want all the messages coming in one place because it was hard to sift through the messages, figure out who, which one's the one from your friends, which one is the one from someone who you don't really know. So which is why we passed out those two folders. And we also launched something called Ignore on Messenger. So suppose there's someone who's messaging you, you really don't want to see any notifications or you don't want to see that messenger thread you want to come to it when you're mentally ready to engage in a conversation with that person you can actually ignore the message it'll go into that secondary inbox folder and you can go to it when you're ready and when you want to see what the person's saying to you okay interesting um one of the things people get a lot on messenger is you're in a youtube video or i saw you in this video and of course you know 99.9 percent .9 of the time it's um, not real. And a lot of people fall victim and click on that. Tell us what's happening. Um, are there login credentials being stolen if they click on that? And how do you educate people to let them know if you're getting a friend request from someone you're already friends with, it means that person has probably been hacked and here's how you should report it. If you get a messenger notification and it makes you suspicious that, you know what, there's something not quite right here. I'm already friends with this person. Why am I getting another messenger request from them? The best thing to do is check in with the person who they're claiming to be. So suppose I have a friend and I'm getting another friend request. I always tend to reach out to my friend to say, hey, is this you sending me another friend request? Um, and if you don't know the person in real life, you should just block or report that messenger thread. If you're worried that a friend's account has been hacked, you can always go to Facebook. You can always A, check in with them to make sure they're okay. And B, let them know they can go to facebook.com slash hacked to recover the account if they need to recover it. We have a help center available at facebook.com slash help where people can just go type in keywords of any issue that they're facing and they'll get a whole bunch of resources to help them resolve that situation. So if I see that someone I know has clearly been hacked or there's an imposter account, how can I report it for them? The easiest way to report an account on Facebook is to click Below the cover photo, there will be three dots. If you're accessing your Facebook from a computer, click on those three dots and let us know that this account is suspicious and we'll investigate. We'll check what's going on. Okay, great. All right, this has been so informative, so helpful. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. I appreciate it. And um, I had such a wonderful time seeing Facebook. So, Karina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for coming down to the campus, Andrea. It was so great having you here. And we'll be right back. We are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, what do you have? Okay, so we had that really great episode that I'll link to about choosing a college essay topic. And completely independent of that, a few days ago, I saw on Facebook an article from last year that was being passed around called How I Know You Wrote Your Kid's College Essay in the New York <laughs> Times. And it's by somebody named Jam Farkas. She's a poet and a writer, and she was a high school teacher. And then she did, like, essay consulting and admissions stuff for a, a, a small liberal arts college. So, you know, she's she's been on both sides of this, and she's helped a lot of students write their essays. And there's, I mean, there's, there's several ways where um, she can tell that the parents helped, but there's one, I'm not going to give it away, that's just like 
oh, like you would you would just like hit your forehead like, going, oh, yeah, that's how they know. So is it the essay where you talk about how amazing your parents are? <laughs> <laughs> that would also be a dead giveaway. How timely. Yeah. And, and it was also so good to read um, so many similar things to the advice that we got. Right. Because like, yeah, that's she's right. This is a thing. You guys, I'm so bummed I missed that interview. I'm going to go back and listen to it myself, even though I'm done with that. It was so good. It was so counter to what I would have assumed you're supposed to do, which is, you know, how parents screw up helping their kids with it if they try to write it. Yep. Or even just edit it. Like a lot of this, it wasn't even like my parent wrote this essay. It was, oh, I can tell where your parent edited it. It's so hard. I think one of the best things was her saying, don't even read your kids' essays. Yeah. Like you don't know how to give feedback. You don't know what a college essay is. It's not like anything else. Just don't even read it. It's true. Oh, I'm the control freak in me is just like breaking out in hives over that. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you know this, Andrea, because you weren't on last week's episode, but Jake didn't let me read his essay before he sent it in. Wow. Yeah. But see, that's so you. And then you were convinced it was about you, right? <laughs> no, he, he told me the topic and I thought that it was a great topic. We were like, do you at least want somebody to just proofread it like we won't even give you our opinion about the essay itself but like we can tell you if they spelled something wrong and he's like i got this i'm fine wow wow but that's you and that's like the way you raised him you know you've been you're a very i'm not gonna say hands off but you definitely let them spread their wings and fly and you trust them to do the right thing he also knows i'm a terrible speller and i probably wouldn't be much help so <laughs> He's like, I got spell check. I'm good. And it's not that I always thought Matthew would do the wrong thing. It's just that I thought, but everyone could always use help. And I'm an editor. Like, what more could you ask for? Uh. Yeah, I did try to explain to my daughters that writing is 10% writing and 90% editing. And it's very hard for a teenager to understand. It's just you you have to go through that process. Um, and I just people don't get it. Wow. Okay. So I guess you're better off not doing anything. All right, Andrea, what do you have? <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of my hives. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Well, actually, speaking of uh, relationships with kids, so Matt and I were in San Francisco last weekend or last week. We were there for a wedding up in wine country. My nephew got married um, and it was lovely. And then Matt and I spent a day, a night and a day in San Francisco. And I was there for two more days for work, as you mentioned at the top, um, and I had to get down to Menlo Park to uh, Facebook headquarters, and I had to get out to Dolby headquarters, and Twitter was there. And I will tell you, as a born and raised city girl, that I was bound and determined to figure out mass transportation. <laughs> and everyone looked at me and just laughed. And every time I go to Europe, when I'm in Berlin, I'm like, well, we're taking the train. We're just going to figure it out. And I love doing that. Same thing in Barcelona. So every person I asked in San Francisco, including the people at Facebook headquarters, how do I get to you? They're like, Uber. 
<laughs> that was it. I don't know how people got there before Uber. Um, and they didn't let me get on one of their little employee shuttles or big employee shuttles. You should have seen these. So, oh, because they didn't want you talking to well, employees. Well, no, they're it just like, you know, we don't put guests on them. It's just for employees, uh-huh. you know, and they're huge. It's like a little <laughs> city. Honestly, there are, there are buses that go from every single town along the way from San Francisco to Facebook. But anyway, I know, but they really are controlling who you talk oh, to sure. as a journalist when they won't let you on this employee <laughs> but they shuttles. they did let me in the cafeteria <laughs> with like everybody who looked like they were under 28 years old. And the food was amazing and it was huge. And every building has like cafeterias and coffee shops and sandwich bars and snack bars. And oh, my God, I would be so fat <laughs> if I worked there. Um, so I was very proud of myself. I got, um, San Francisco travel helped me out and gave me a city pass ticket booklet. Um, and I will tell you that if you get one of these, it is so worth the money. It was like, you you get them for a certain amount of times. This one was for, um, nine days and it got me on the Muni system, the cable car system, the Muni transportation. So basically, you know, in San Francisco, there's electric buses and trolleys and cable cars and it looks like people just get on and off them but in reality they have this wonderful clipper card system where it's just it's like our metro card but it's all electronically refilled and it's um nfc so you just tap it you don't have to swipe it and have it go swipe again swipe again card error um so this just allowed me to get on and off each um bus or trolley or train within san francisco And I made my way all over the city and it was great. I went to the Embarcadero. I went, um, you know, on different cable cars. And then I was able to figure out how to do it and get on the BART system, take the BART all the way down to Millbrae, which is halfway to Menlo Park, and then figure out how to get on the Muni system. It's complicated as hell and everybody was really impressed that I figured out how to get there and back (laughs) so I highly recommend one of these city pass booklets because although I didn't have time to do it it includes so many admissions like to the aquarium which I would have loved to have done or one of those um, cruises around San Francisco Bay Um, so I think in any city you go to not just San Francisco getting one of those getting one of those hop on hop off buses to acclimate yourself around the city totally worth it you know that famous cable car ride that goes from like whatever famous square up mm-hmm. to like that twisty street union square yeah, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. um my kids witnessed me call another rider a douchebag on that trolley <gasps> yeah Amy. not my finest moment <laughs> oh my god i'm not even sure i want to ask what they're going to start charging people to go down lombard street they should was, they should an article about it's it crazy. they should it was so it? over well, we yeah, had it's we, horrible. we had waited in line for an hour and a half to get on the trolley because that's like the big, you know, tourist trolley mm-hmm. line. And then this guy jumps in line right at the last minute and gets on our train. Oh. And I started fighting. I'm a New Yorker. I started fighting with him and I ended up yelling at him and calling him a douchebag. And they 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 did kick him off. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, you. I did. Citizen arrest. It was right. I was staying out right in Union Square at the Park 55 hotel and it was a great location because it was right at Powell Street which is where all the trains are it was right where that ferry 
um, does its turnaround, like it, it hits the end and then it does the turnaround on the track that everyone's videoing and taking pictures of. So I was like, that's probably where we that's were, probably where right started where you fighting were. with the guy. So I was like two blocks away from there. And yeah, it was really crowded at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, but a fun, fun cable car ride. Cool. All right. Well, my um, bite is a new TV show and it's really weird, <laughs> but it's really good called On Becoming a God in Central Florida, oh, which is a terrible that. name. Um, it's on Showtime. They were making it available for free initially um, just to get people hooked on it. So even if you don't have Showtime, I think you can watch it either on demand if you have cable or on like the Showtime app um, on you know anything on your Amazon Fire Stick or Apple TV or what have you. Um, it's so weird it's like part satire super dark comedy it's set in like the early 90s in central florida basically like orlando adjacent so there's lots of talk about disney world but she works at this like kind of down and out water park and what's her name um kirsten dunn yes and she's so good in it um and basically, it's about this um, pyramid scheme that all these people in Central Florida like are getting involved in and how she gets involved in it. So it's partly about these pyramid schemes that really um, spread during the 1990s and sort of like Florida, which is always weird and wacky and strange. Um, and just it's just so good and so weird. The characters are so good. It's, I, I don't know, it gets weirder with every episode. This week, we were all like, my whole, we were all watching as a family. We were like, what just happened? <laughs> um, so it's a little over the top, but it does give you this horrible insight into how these pyramid schemes work. And now they're called multi-level marketing, of course. So we're not supposed to call them pyramid schemes anymore, but same diff. It's so funny um, because yesterday I got my haircut. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I got my haircut yesterday and my hairdresser was like going on about this TV show. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, as soon as you said Kirsten Dunst, I'm like, oh my God. But she said it was just so over the top. It's really demented and there's something like sinister running through it that you're not quite sure in the beginning that's obviously going to come to fruition. So it's like, you know, it shows, shows the culty aspect, but it is the 90s in Florida. Like, it's just freaking weird and the outfits are amazing. And um, But she is <laughs> fabulous in it. She really is. And yeah, it's just great. So if you're looking for something, it's a total diversion. It does not take a lot of brain power. It's pure enjoyment. Um, I highly recommend it. And that's it. That's my bite for this week. So thank you. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week. Um, if you would like to rate, review, share, subscribe, please do on whatever you listen us to. You can find everything we talked about today on facebook.com slash parentingbites and on parentingbites.com. And other than that, have a good week. Happy parenting. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is our Parenting Bites disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. 
Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.